Before we get on to the main part of today's podcast, I just wanted to remind you to book your tickets for Make It British Live. Go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register. I'll see you at the show. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips for making in the UK. So let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 108 of the Make It British podcast. On today's episode, I'm interviewing someone who manufactures lingerie in the UK. Now, lingerie manufacturing in the UK is quite an interesting one. There used to be a lot of lingerie made here. There was factories that manufacture for people like Marks and Spencers and Gossard. But sadly, most of those have closed down or gone. In fact, the last reasonably sized one, which was in Wales, closed down in 2019, which was really, really sad. But the lady who I've got on today, her name is Steph McGrath, and she's planning to change all that and turn all that around. She owns a brand called Something Wicked. She's based in Leeds. And they not only manufacture for their own brand, but they're also helping other brands to start making lingerie too. It offers a really fascinating insight into what it's like to come from a completely different background, buy into an existing brand, which also has its own factory. And it's brilliant to hear how passionate Steph now is about the manufacturing side of her business. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Steph McGrath, of something wicked. Hello, Steph. Thank you very much for joining me on the Make It British podcast today. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. So do you want to tell everyone what something wicked is? Mm, So something wicked. We are a British independent lingerie brand. Um, So it's boudoir lingerie. So edgy, high end, um, all handmade in the UK from start to finish. Um, and yeah, so we're excited to be working with Make It British. And how long have you had the brand? It's your brand, isn't it? Did you start it the is, brand up? Yeah. So I didn't start it out originally, uh, but I took over three years ago. And I think for me, it was looking at the product, so high end, edgy lingerie and I was thinking well there's lots of similar brands out there so how can we stand out what can make us different so I spent the first year really thinking about what was going to make that point of difference and for us it was thinking okay if we manufacture in the UK um that is something that's not the norm in that Mm. industry so for us to think, okay, well, lots of other lingerie manufacturers, they say, okay, well, we, we manufacture in China or Turkey or Poland. Um, you sort of have to sort of guess how much uh, you need in terms of product, book that production slot yeah. somewhere. And then you might end up having loads of uh, stock that you don't need. Um, and just because that's the way that it's done, I don't have a lingerie background myself. So I was thinking, well, what feels the right way to do it 
And mm. if we manufacture in the UK, it means you can be massively flexible. Um, so the way that we operate is a very, very different business model. So everything's made to order. Um, which means that it's so much more flexible for stockists and for customers. Um, we sell wholesale and um, directly to customers on our online boutique as well. Brilliant. So the factory, so you would you say it's all made in the UK. It is. You own yeah. all the manufacturing, do you? Yes. So we have a little, uh, like, it, there's a big mill building just on the outskirts of the Leeds city centre. It's called Mabgate Mills. And at mm. one point, it was full of manufacturing. And now uh, all the units have been divided up. And we've got a boxing gym next door. We have a, a dance studio upstairs. And we've got a unit within the uh, old mill um, and we're manufacturing and my sort of dream is to you know continue to take over bits of the mill and end up you know reclaiming the mill back to what it used to be manufacturing so all the machines are in there the machinists are in there um, everything's hand cut and handmade in-house and we don't use a production line um, lingerie is a slightly uh, it's very very complex especially balcony bras for example yeah. some of our pieces are really they've got so many elements to them so we don't work on a production line um, the same one person will take that product from start to finish um, and it's like I say hand cut and handmade uh, all in one place which means the material wastage is so, so low, which is fabulous for us. Um, we want to concentrate on sustainable production. So when everything's cut out, because we uh, use um, luxury materials like Japanese plonge leather, for example, um, it, it's very expensive to start off with. Even our lace comes from Solstice in France. It's mm. this French Chantilly lace. So you're trying to uh, not waste um any of the material because we hand cut it in-house all the patterns can be tessellated so there's minimum material wastage and we only make what we need so we don't stockpile anything brilliant which means, yeah which means there's nothing there stockpiles to sell off really quickly um, in a sale or you know anything going to landfill and even the small box of scraps that we do have of the material once everything's been cut out and made that is then donated every few months to the uh, local high school to their textiles department so nothing there's no material waste going to landfill which is something mm. we're quite proud of that's really interesting business model you've got there because I used to be a swimwear buyer as part of my my oh, old job yeah. in my previous life. I and think I remember hearing that. Yeah, actually. I was a swimwear buyer for Debenhams. Mm. And one of the issues you've got in lingerie and swimwear is the amount of different sizes, isn't it? Exactly. By the time you've got all the cup sizes and the back yeah. sizes, you can be looking at up to 30, 40 different sizes if you're going up to the larger cup. That's so, it. And how, yeah. do you, how do you then go predict what's going to sell in exactly. what style? And what, yeah, yeah, so for us, it's we make what we need to. Just because, though, people say, oh, maybe to order the implication or what's what people think of is oh so I'm going to have to wait weeks and weeks for my item but it's not that at all what we've managed to do is just really streamline the production and get it set up in a way that makes it super efficient so if an order comes in 
tonight then tomorrow morning it'll be cut and made and out the door within 24 hours it doesn't mean you're waiting for ages yeah doesn't mean you're waiting for weeks and months for having something made in your size for you it just means that production is so efficient that we've got it set up in a way that there's no wastage and we just make what we need which you can do because you're in charge of your own production exactly aren't you yeah i mean christopher nieper um from david nieper he what he's his company works in a very similar way but on a pretty big scale actually he's probably one of the largest women's wear manufacturers in the uk they're a a catalogue brand that have been going for about 50 years his father set it up and again he's he's grown in a from a similar way that you're working but to a much bigger business and still has 99.9 percent of his stock that he makes to order and sells outright. Amazing. And even he exports that as well because his customers in Germany and Europe are willing to wait a few days knowing that yeah. that they're going to know who's made it because he suddenly hand sign all the tickets. So you're, where do you find the staff? Because I know he has a real issue trying to find the skilled staff. Yeah. How are you finding lingerie is one of those skills – Particularly Leeds, was Leeds really known as an area for lingerie manufacturing originally? Not at all. (laughs) I don't think there's anyone else. Because all the M&S factories were in Wales. Yeah. So there was still, um, you know, there was a a, a factory down in Wales doing anybody um, in mind, as as I understand it, anybody who was... um, manufacturing their lingerie in the UK were using the factories down in Wales. Um, So it's not that at all. But for us, it was sort of thinking, okay, we'll keep manufacturing in the UK. Even the accessories that we have, we sort of have some edgy accessories um, handmade by a female saddler in St. Albans. We sourced leather polish um, and that is handmade by an award-winning beekeeper from London. And even the stockings that we sourced, they're from one of the last remaining hosiery manufacturers in the UK up in Scotland. So, you know, keeping all those stories. So it's really essential to find the right people to make it. And it's, there's a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I'm really, uh, you know, experienced and, you know, I know my way around machines, but then they've had a, you know, they've come for a trial and they've had a go and they've gone, actually, it's not for me. Really? Um, Yeah. Because it's it's, so tricky to make lingerie. It is. It's especially when you're looking at the sort of the underwired bras with the, you know, the wire casing. So I think it's not necessarily speed that we're looking for, although that does come into it, but it's finding the, you know, people with the right attention to detail, um, and yeah, it is, it is a really skilled um, thing. And, uh, you know, as well, like I've said before, it's, it's not a production line. So you're not making one little bit of it. So you need to, to really sort of, um, it's that, that eye for detail and that yeah. attention to detail. But yeah, no, so I think it's it, it, not necessarily having had lingerie experience before, but they, you know, it's, it's just a certain type of person who has, has a knack and an eye for it, really. And are you training them up? Or have you got someone within your factory that is training up people that come in who have that yeah. right eye for the detail, but not necessarily the right skills? It is. So I think as well, it's, you know, it's looking at, because I think that there's so many different designs. We have, you know, a range of collections um, and a range of materials. But once you've made one balcony bra, it's, it's not as difficult anymore to to try and do another balcony bra if you see what I mean the techniques mm. are sort of similar um and so i think it's at the start you you 
you know, you have an optimal time to make one item. And obviously the start, when you start making it, you're way over that. The more you do, the, the easier it is, and the more you get used to the machines and the, you know, the different ones, because you're swapping from industrial to domestic to wire casing to overlockers. So, um, it is just that is literally practice makes perfect, but it's something that we want to keep in house and and keep having made there because that way of production really works for us. Yeah, and how so a really skilled machinist? How long does it take them to make a whole bra from start to finish? So it depends on the item. So, for example, um, we have uh, briefs. Even our briefs, if you think of a you know pair of knickers, some are very very strappy and uh, yeah. you know very edgy designed. You know, it can take sort of an hour or an hour and a half up to two hours. But a balcony bra, anything from two to three hours. Um, so it is. You know, it, each piece is is quite complex. But there's a you know, we sort of look at it and think, well, how, you know, the optimum time for this. We have some pieces like the, you know, leather bodysuits, which are then, you know, looking at sort of half a day. Wow. But because mm -hmm. you are selling that, every item that you sell, you're selling at full price because yeah. you've got nothing you're marking down or returning because it's all made to order. Exactly. So it's a much more profitable model, I would imagine, than a traditional lingerie model. I mean, remember the stuff that we used to put in the sale at Debenhams. I mean, you'd be lucky if you get, I probably shouldn't say that's probably official yeah. Debenhams figures, <laughs> but put it this way, the sell-through was not great and you'd yeah. have tops and bottoms that didn't match because you'd have to guess whether, you know, whether a, exactly. a size 12 top would also buy a size 12 bottom. Exactly. So to be able to make all your customers, and do you think your customers appreciate that, that you do that? I think they do. And I think, you know, more and more people that, you know, they're contacting us and saying, oh, you know, we've we've found uh, you. We did a search for, you know, made in the UK or mm. or lingerie manufacturers in the UK. So they're they're choosing to do that. There's a lot more people now who are willing to pay um, a little bit more. Our, our products are always going to cost more because they're made in the UK. But we sort of say, you know, it's a luxury product how do we justify that price well it's it's manufactured in the uk it's using luxury materials it's you know our suppliers are from the uk as as much as possible um and we're saying you know if you we talk about our garments as a brand saying they're your under armor they make you feel amazing when you're wearing them it's you know run by women made for women for the empowerment of women and I know that phrase is is banded around quite, you know, frequently. It's a, you know, oh yeah, girl power, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we're saying, you know, if if you buy into that, our brand, that's what we're saying our brand represents. But if you're wearing a t-shirt that says girl power, for example. There's your dog. If, if, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's sorry, right. The dog's dog seen a squirrel <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> um, but if you're wearing a t-shirt that says girl power and you've paid five pounds for it, then whoever made it was not empowered and they were probably exactly. sleeping on the machine somewhere in, a, in a, a bad condition. So for us, it's saying our product is all about empowerment, but when you buy it and wear it, you are really supporting something that is so true to that. You know, yeah. that it's made in the UK, um, fair conditions, using the best materials possible, made in the best way possible, using luxury products. So more and more people are saying that they, they're choosing to make that purchase, to pay that little bit extra for something they feel is special and worth it. And yeah. also the fact that we're made in the UK 
only 50% of our customers are UK based actually oh, and the okay. rest the rest are overseas so we have a really uh, big part of our customer base from America Ah okay mm. so oh. they so you again make theirs to order and yeah. and they wait for it to be shipped out Yeah yeah so we use DHL uh, for all our international deliveries and you can get it to east coast america in 24 hours or the rest of america within 48 hours so you're still not waiting a huge amount of time but they're willing to wait as they see it is you know a luxury product and the fact that i've just come back actually last week from the lingerie trade show in new york and um you know, people love that story and something made in Britain, a, a product, a luxury product made in the UK is, is seen as something that is, is really quite special to that market. So you said that you get some, you, some of the materials, you know, the lace from France and yeah. some leather from Japan. We often get contacted by people that say, I want to make a 100% British product. So I want mm. all the, the, the various components and materials to be made in the UK. Could you do that with a, with a bra, with a piece of lingerie? Could you make it 100% in the UK by sourcing all the materials, like the underwire, the elastics, the hooks, the lot? I think we could. I think we could. I think we we work well with supplies. So even though the um, we're, so the leather, for example, it's it's ethically sourced and it's a byproduct of um, uh, Wagyu cattle, but the the company that we buy it from um, is based in the UK. So we're still supporting UK companies when we actually purchase the materials and everything. But to find something that was you know the materials actually made here um i'm sure that's something we could do and it, it's something that has been at the back of my mind to say something that's british from start to finish even though we support um british suppliers they might have you know bits and pieces from overseas um but yeah it'd be really nice to do that to make a completely uh, from start to finish, British product. Yeah, I mean, to, so far I've not been able to find anyone that makes the little hooks, for instance. Yes. On bras, so yeah. there's certain things, isn't there? Because you I mean you're one of so few lingerie manufacturers. So just, few. Yeah, I you're think rare as rocking horse teeth. <laughs> yeah, I know it's really true, and I think it's you know, it, say for example, our, our accessories they've got brass elements to them. Um, and they are hand forged, or they're forged in um, Abbey, England, in Cheshire. Oh for yeah, example. Abbey exhibit so we, our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting them. Actually, yeah, they're lovely. Um, it's a family business. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. So there's, you know, that for certain things we can find um, uh, British supplies, but like you say, it's it's so few and far between in terms of the industry and the sector that that we're in that to find anyone to make like the little hooks and eyes for example or it, it's yeah it it's they're kind of non-existent and hopefully that will change when people realize that this business model and the way that production set up isn't just a faddy sort of gimmicky thing it's it's very very it's just efficient and streamlined and i'm like i wish more people would do it like this yeah. because then there's no waste there's no excess stock there's no you know all all the the issues that that people would have um but obviously then you have to you know set up on your own and, and have your own sort of little factory well i think it definitely is changing and all those little sort of component pieces that we have lost production for 
I think the more demand, I mean, we're seeing a huge increase in demand um, compared to when I first set up Make It British like nine, ten years yeah. ago, especially See, for lingerie. And I and I think I often say to people, you know, set up if you if you know anything about manufacturing or even if you don't, but you know about business and you're interested in in that, then think about setting up your own yeah. factory and you won't. I don't know many people that set up their own factory for their brand and have regretted it because it gives you so much control, doesn't it? It does. And, I, you know, and people do appreciate it. And I, I do think it's an exciting time for, for British manufacturing. And I think, you know, you know, what Make It British are doing and what you're doing and championing it all and bringing all those people together. I just think it's so, so key. And, and you know, in terms of the environment and the time we're in right now, um, with everything that's going on politically, etc., I think it's a really interesting time. Yeah, I think so. So what advice would you give to someone who was thinking of setting up a lingerie brand made in the UK? I'd say, you know, to have it manufactured in the UK, it's it might seem sort of scary and people might say, oh, well, it'd be easier if you used, uh, if you outsourced it. Um, mm. but there's pros and cons of, of, of both sides. And I think that if you're passionate about having something made in the UK, a hundred percent go that route because it's, it's not going to be harder. Um, it will probably be more flexible if you, if you can have manufacturing in-house and have control of that process it means that you yes you do have to you know pay wages in terms of machinists but you're not having all your money tied up in stock that you don't know whether or not you're going to sell um or second guess in terms of demand um and it it just gives you that little bit more control and flexibility so i'd say a hundred percent go for it all day long so you manufacture four other brands occasionally as well, don't you? As well as doing your own something wicked well, brand. Well, we've just yeah, we've started in the past year to have more and more people saying, "Oh, you know, you know, do you manufacture for anyone else?" And we and we we didn't, but then we've started to sort of like supporting startup brands who want to do their designs and their sampling um, and you know like a, a starting out with a, a small amount of stock for example we're the perfect people to to help them realize that because if they were to go somewhere where it's a big factory set up overseas it's a bit overwhelming and it's like well you're going to have to have minimum order quantities and this that and the other whereas for us it's you know because we are local and we you know we can be really really flexible we can say well you can you know we can help you bring your designs to patterns and then from the you know patterns to samples and then make a like a, you know a small amount of stock just to test things and then the more you need the more we can help you with so i think for us to it's that those those smaller startups um that maybe don't have the budget to suddenly have huge amounts of stock or huge amounts of pieces when they're just setting up um that's where we could come in and really really help people realize it yeah and if it means that more you know smaller startups independent brands can manufacture in the uk say they're manufacturing in the uk and we can help them do it then i'd you know we, we love doing it 
Fantastic. And what do you think about the bigger stores? Do you think they will start bringing more production back here as well with their lingerie? Do you think that's ever going to be possible? Do you know what? I I do think that more and more now people are, you know, like I said, I went to this trade show last week in New York and it's a huge, huge uh, it's not just like a like a, a gimmick or a trend anymore. People are saying, "What are brands doing in terms of their transparency, in terms of their production, um, in terms of their sustainable? Um, uh, you know what, what they're doing for sustainability." And more, I, it would not, you know, it's it's not a kind of a little tick box thing anymore. It's people are saying, "What are you doing?" You've got to show us what you're doing. So, if if that is the you know the general consensus in the industry, more and more brands will look to to do that and yeah. bring manufacturing back here. And I hope, I really, really hope and pray that this is now the start of the, that uplift of people saying, do you know what? We need to to train more people here. We need to bring that industry back, and we need to value that industry. Um, and, you know, hopefully in five, in 10, in 15 years time, it will be the norm to manufacture here. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting that people were asking you about the sustainability of your product. Definitely. Um, how do you relay that to your customers in terms of the way you do your marketing? Or is that not something that's so relevant for your customers that buy directly from your website? Because you've got some no, fantastic it's... videos on your website. Yes, we which do. show off your laundry and I'll link to them in the podcast show notes because they're really fabulous. But your, your marketing is very much concentrating on the actual product itself rather than the sustainability behind the brand. It is, but the, the sustainability in the way that we produce is part of that luxury offering. We're saying you buy, you know, this product, this amazing product, this edgy, beautiful uh, piece of lingerie has been handmade for you um, and that is part of the offering. So the fact that it's sustainable is part of that story, if you see mm. what I mean. So um, I didn't ask you, what, what did you do before you were before you had this business yeah so it, it's interesting because my my um you know my background wasn't uh lingerie so i started out in in marketing well, i was uh. gonna work out i was gonna work out how many years ago that was and i thought i best not <laughs> i'll get a bit depressed um, but then yeah so i i started out in marketing you know back in the day and then when i had um I, i'd always worked in marketing and advertising and down in london and manchester and then when i had my children um i wanted to do something that fitted around them so i did a pgc and was a primary school teacher for several years <laughs> I know okay. um, and then when they went to high school I was sort of this is my chance now to, to go back to my marketing roots and hmm. and uh you know get stuck into to something else and so then the opportunity came up and I, you know something wicked I was like amazing product there's a there's a real uh, chance to do something special here um and then yeah the opportunity came up came up and um I took over uh something wicked and yeah my I did not realize how passionate I would be about the manufacturing side um and that's the thing that I'm, you know, I'm sort of championing the, the bit that's been the most special part of it for me, really, to try and grow that side of it and keep mm. it in the UK. Um, and for me, the importance of it as a brand, um, and it's certainly 
been the right decision um, for us as a brand. Like, you know, the, the overseas sales, people really, really value that aspect of it. Right. Okay. So that makes sense that you've come from a marketing background mm, as well mm. now, now that you've said all that. Because yeah. was, was the marketing of the brand, so you had the business for a few years now, was it like that before you took it on or have you very much sort of changed the way you've marketed the brand then? I think it's, you know, in terms of the product, it's always sort of been edgy, but there wasn't a kind of... Um, you know, looking at all the different aspects of it and how it's like one cohesive story. Um, and I think you've got to be really clear. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't from a lingerie background and, you know, a lot of lingerie brands, it's it's things like, oh, well, you know, in the quiet quieter times in the summer, it's, you know, people bring out swimwear ranges or try mm. different things. And for us, it's like you have to know what you are and you have to stick to that. And mm. we are niche in terms of the product, but as long as, you know, we stick to that, our signature is leather, our signature is edgy, we're never going to bring out swimwear. We know, you know what I mean? You have to sort yeah. of really focus on what you are, what you're offering, what you stand for and go with that. You just mentioned something there, which, uh, uh, you know, makes complete sense when you're making in the UK, when you're working on a seasonal product, which you mm. are, because I suppose the peak selling times for lingerie are February and Christmas, aren't they? Yeah, we're super busy right now. It's Valentine's Day coming yeah, up. Yeah, of course. Oh, gosh, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I, this podcast will be yeah. going out after Valentine's yeah. Day, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but that makes complete business sense for you in your in the way that you work for you to now have make for other brands as well because yes. you can make for them yeah. and do their Absolutely. samples in the your quieter times in can't you exactly yeah. and that's what um made us want to sort of start doing that in the first place thinking you know a lot of other uh, brands will, will bring out swimwear and and it, it, you know it can go really wrong there's there's so much out there but for us it's in our quieter times we can sort of fill those gaps with manufacturing for for um, other smaller startups or other brands and that you know that's the ideal scenario mm. so as far as making other brands is concerned I presume that they would have to bring you their designs or will you be involved in helping with the design process it could and work. The so material we've sourcing? Done it, we've done it where people have got a real um, like a clear idea of of what they want in their head and they do little sketches they're not necessarily designers themselves and we can sort of help them you know get a, a you know more of a of a clearer idea of what they want you know so it can go from a sketch to then us making the patterns uh creating the samples um and you know and then the finished product right okay so we, we love working with people in that way it's you know someone's got an idea in their head and it's it's the kind of the first step that people think well I, I don't have this or that or we you know what do I need and it's like actually you can just come with with a you know if you've got a clear idea I, I want to make this item and I'm not I don't know how to do the patterns or the 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 sketches properly or whatever they're you know they're worried about it's that's it they can work with us in that sense it's not 
we're doing it from a very flexible point of view. It's not right. If you want to work with us, you have to have this, you have to have a tech pack. You have to, some people are like, oh, I don't know what a tech pack is. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we can yes. help you. We can sort of hold your hand and, and, and take you through the different steps and go, well, if you do this, it, it will, these are the implications, these are the costs. And, and it's almost like, here's a menu of things that we can do for you. Um, and if you want that part of it, great. If you don't, you don't. Because I know there's some, some manufacturers might say, well, we'll do the sampling and the patterns for you. But that means you have to manufacture with us. Well, we'd, we'd be like, if you do, then great. But we can, we can do whichever bit of it you need doing. Mm. As long as it means that you can do it in the UK, that's, that's what we're, you know, that's what we want, basically. That's a really valuable service that you're providing, particularly the fact that you're not based in London, which a lot of sample makers yes. are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And also that you're doing lingerie. So that's brilliant. I'm really excited the fact that we've got you at our show this year as well, because not only could you show everyone your own brilliant product, yes. but you can help out. to bring all them down. Yeah, all those people that are looking to have lingerie made in the UK. You may even yeah. find that people are listening to this podcast and they're going to want to come and work for you because I'm yeah. listening now and I'm thinking it sounds like a great place to We'd work. Love it, love it. Come, <laughs> the, door, the door is always open, the kettle is always on. You know, we get everybody sort of popping in. So how many staff have you got at the moment and what are your plans well, for going we're forward? Very, we're very small. So on a, on a day-to-day basis, there's... Uh, sort of four or five of us um but we also offer um internships um or you know work experience with um we have quite a few links with Huddersfield University um and they a lot of their courses like the costume course and the fashion courses um you have to do like a year out in in industry um so we have lots of students coming through and so but we've also had interns from you know paris and um amsterdam before or you know to work on the marketing side of it for example or i always say to interns it's you know i love having interns in because you sort of say to them what do you want out of this because we do everything we're unusual it's not someone with a computer in a room full of stock for example mm. um, everything happens here so they can say oh I'd like to have a go at that or I'd like to have a go at construction or I want to do the patterns or so there's always things uh, different aspects of a business that that um, people can work on so you know like I say we, we really like to, to offer different experiences and and people um, a lot of interns that you know they'll come back in the holidays just to see us and um, because they've they want as much experience as they can get but yeah I think my plan for this year um, is to by the end of the year have another two uh, members of staff just in terms of the um, you know on the on the machinist side because mm. um, I think we're we're getting busier and busier and being on um, sort of online orders are, are taking off um, so yeah it's to, to grow that and if we can do more uh manufacturing for other brands then that means you know we, we can fill those gaps which means that the reality is we, we will have more full-time staff which is what i'd ultimately like to do offer those local jobs more i can see you eventually filling that whole mill again with lingerie that's manufacturing the dream. That's yeah the dream. brilliant we the love mill. it love it fantastic <laughs> well i wish you all the best of luck with that then steph and i much. look forward to seeing you at the show in a few I weeks know, time really excited about that really really excited to meet everybody there as well 
Brilliant. So thank you very much for giving me your time today. Uh, I hope your dog has found his squirrel that he was barking for. <laughs> he's out, he's out and sleeping on the rug. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. And oh, the other thing so I meant to say is, me. the yeah. other thing is, if people want to see your lingerie and buy some or get in touch with you, What's your website address? How can yes. they find you on Instagram? How can they contact you? Okay, so our website is uh, somethingwicked.co.uk um, and you'll see us on Instagram, so at wearewickeduk and Brilliant. that's Facebook as well. So, yeah, have a look. There's some, uh, some you know, lovely images there. Um, you'll get a sense of all our products and, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thank you very much today, Steph. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make It British podcast. If you're interested in finding UK fashion, textile and homeware manufacturers, then you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live, on the 17th and 18th of March 2020. There'll be some of the best UK factories there for you to meet, as well as a series of inspiring talks, just like the ones that you listen to on this podcast. It's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive. To register to attend, just go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register. Or if you want to find out about exhibiting at the show, visit makeitbritishlive.com forward slash exhibit or drop me an email to kate at makeitbritish.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. I hope to see you there. Bye bye.